Jets last April. Blacko, near side, it's caught! Wilson, touchdown! Blacko over the middle, it's caught! Touchdown! Garrett Wilson! Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets and not some slap team. Let's go to eat a damn snack. And for all those people, just like I told our beat here about 15 minutes ago, for all those people who continue to talk and to continue to doubt, we're taking receipts. And I can't wait, and I'll speak for the entire organization, to shove it down everyone's throat when it comes around. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. He shoved it down my throat, Manny. He shoved that receipt down my throat. Uh, but I wasn't expecting to celebrate a win in September because it's been so long. But here I am, and it's, it's it's amazing. How are you, sir? You know, as good as I could possibly can be given some of the unforeseen circumstances. But here we are, episode three, week three of the NFL. We're recording much later than we we're used to recording. Um, mm -hmm. I couldn't even do my war my wardrobe change here just because of how quickly we're trying to get these episodes in. But Danny, let's start right there. I, I just want to kick off. I don't want to receipts. I remember asserting somebody, you correct me if I'm wrong on, on who said this. I said you were being too goddamn harsh. I, I want to say that was me that said that. And, that was you. Yes. Okay. And I said, dog, it was only one game. And at the end of the day, yeah, you guys lost, you lost to a good football team, but I think you were being way too harsh. I'm going to assume that you, in, not in the thorough sense, but you did enjoy getting these receipts shoved down your throat. Yes, I did enjoy it. Now, do you really think that the team performed to, like, that they backed up his words? Because, I mean, for the most part, they won the game in the last two minutes. Joe Flacco definitely backed up his words. Yes, Joe Flacco had a great game. But I... My thing with the whole receipts thing is I like when coaches talk brash like that. Yeah. But once you have so established some uh, some credit, let's say, like yeah. he really hasn't done much yet. So I thought that it was a little premature for him to come out and be so aggressive to say that he was going to collect receipts. And, I mean, for the most part, it looked like we were going to lose again. And let me tell you something. Another thing that I didn't like about him saying that was that he chose to do it after week one. It's like, give it a second. Herm Edwards, the, that clip that we played, at that point, that was after game five. We were one and four at that point. Yep. So we had that same boom. And then after that, the Jets took off. Week one is really early to start losing your cool with the media. So I thought that it was a little premature. But at the end of the day, the Jets didn't give up. We won the game. And it, he technically backed it up, maybe, kind of, sort of. I think he did. And this is why, this is why I, I, I'm for the he did. One of the slogans here that we used on our ep on my episode earlier earlier tonight was did the Finns win or did the Ravens lose? And I think this does, this one doesn't apply to you. I think the Jets won no matter what the situation was. And you want to know why? Why at the at the end of the first half for you guys, you guys obviously didn't put up any points in the first quarter, but in the second quarter you did put up fourteen points. Your defense gave up one touchdown on the first, one touchdown in the second. So I think for the most part, going into the half of that game before we get into the second half, you got to feel comfortable about the type of ball you're playing, especially the fact that you guys were underdogs at Cleveland with their very lucky charms logo that they have in the middle of the field now. Stupid elf. It's stupid elf. But I think 
from watching the the all twenty two, watching the fourteen minute condensed video, up until the second half, everybody was backing up Robert Salah's words. You're on the road, and you guys were playing good ball. Well, I I agree. I, I mean, we were getting tore up on the ground with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb tears but, up everybody up on the ground. Right, and they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And the thing is, the Jets can't seem to pass the screen plays. Like when teams use the screen against us, they they just tear us apart. So Rob Salah is going to have to figure something out. But for the most part, I thought that we kept up with them. You know, they had ten in the half. We had ten. They scored a couple of times, and we like we kept up with them. It's, it's the Jets didn't underperform up until late in the game, where the Browns kind of just just took off. They they got some separation. So I want your two cents. Do you think your Jets won or do you think the Browns lost? I think the Jets won because although yes, Nick Chubb, if he goes down before the end zone, yep. they can run out the clock. So technically, yes, you could say that the Browns lost. But when the Jets got the ball back, they had to go. 65 yards they did and then when they got the onside kick they had to again go down another 50 60 yards so like it wasn't like it was just one play and then like they had to go down the field to score twice and let me tell you something greg the leg making those two extra points isn't necessarily a given either so they they earned that win and you shit on him a little bit last week and i think that a lot of because you shit on him so hard i don't think he hurt us but I think subconsciously he's like, damn, people are talking a lot of shit about my nickname. I got to show up. Listen, there was a lot of positives, but I want to touch on one negative. One of the things we talked about in the preseason about your team is the strength. And what did we say the strength of your team was? That front four, right? Mm-hmm. Where we felt like the front four of the New York Jets were the strength of the New York Jets defense. How do yeah. you guys only get one sack on the quarterback of Jacoby Brissett. How, like, wh- while you were watching that game, what was your, like, how could you not get pressure on that? It, was it because of quick passing? Was it because it was just constant handoffs? Because at the end of the day, it was, uh, it was a lot of running and quick dump off screen plays. Like, it, they, we didn't have a lot of chances to get to him. Okay. And, and again, and the Browns have a great offensive line. They do. So it was like so, strength versus strength kind of, kind of situation. Because right, Jacoby, right. Jacoby Brissett's final numbers 22 of 27, 229. He was averaging 8.5 yards a pass, and then obviously only got sacked once for eight yards. Um, so I was looking at that, and again, because I looked at the stats, and then I watched the game. Dude, it's like your team was getting in there, but the way that their offensive line stood your guys up, I'm like, dude, this offensive line is no joke. It's kind of scary when Deshaun Watson gets in there, what he's going to look like with a clean pocket. Yeah. But let's talk about another positive because, again, that was really the only negative I saw. It's not a negative. Like, you, ha- if you have to look at a negative, I guess that is the negative. But let's talk about a real positive. And if I remember correctly, when I was shoving that receipt comment down your throat last week and I said you're just overreacting, you said it's because they won't start Mike White. And, again, you were just basing this off of a one-week performance. But up until, up until this dub this past week, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this was Joe Flacco's first win as a starter for the New York Jets. Am I wrong on that? Because I think I'm pretty accurate on that. No, no, you're 100% accurate. And he's been on the team three years now. Yeah. So and he's gotten a, a few starts. I forget how many. I think it might be close to 10. So let's and talk about yes, your boy. First one. 26 of 44, 307 yards, four touchdowns. Now, one of the keys to the game that you mentioned last week was 
previewing this game, you said, I need to see Garrett Wilson get more involved. Danny, did that boy get involved? Yeah, a little too much sometimes. Because I felt like Joe Flacco was forcing it to him at times. But it it, it makes sense. But I think the Ravens' loss was in some ways a benefit. Because it forced the Jets to th- – Joe Flacco had 59 pass attempts. Garrett Wilson was forced into that game because in the first half, he was only in there for a handful of snaps. In the second half, because they had to air it out, he threw it 59 times total. Garrett Wilson was bound to get some targets. And when he got the, his hand on the ball, he showed what he can do with the ball. So they made it a point to make him a focal point. Again, sometimes I felt like they were forcing it to him. But he had one hell of a game. It was his coming out party, really. It was. Eight catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. His longest for 31. I believe the game winner, if I'm not mistaken, based off the clip you just showed here, he did have the one. Take yep. you guys. And when you were saying, I don't want Tyreek Hill, because I feel like we have Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. and then you, you drafted this kid, and you're like, I think we have our number one receiver. A lot of times, rookie rookie wide receivers don't come into their own right away. Jalen Waddle was a big exception last year for us, breaking the all-time reception records as a rookie. I, I see a lot of Garrett Wills. I mean, I see a lot of Jalen Waddle in, in the aspect that I think he could break his own records as well as a rookie wide receiver. If they start targeting him, he had, I think, 12 targets uh, uh, 14. On, uh, on Sunday. 14. It was 14. Imagine, 14. So if they're looking for him this way like, – to me, just watching him for two weeks, to me, he's already our number one. Like, yeah. he is, he jumps out at the screen at you. And with Elijah Moore on the other side and Corey Davis, which I think is probably the best third receiver now in the league because I'll put up Corey Davis against any other third receiver. Yeah. I think the receiving core is such that Gary Wilson can continue to get some because they have to respect the other two guys or even Braxton Berrios coming out of, of the slot. So I think that Garrett Wilson's going to tear it up this year. I, I felt like I needed to see more from Elijah Moore, and I get it. When you're when you're when you're throwing the ball 14 times to Garrett Wilson, you threw it nine times to your boy Tyler Conklin. He had another good another solid game at tight end for the New York Jets. I think all right, you know, there's so many balls you could possibly pass around. So for but me, I wish I, the, I'm sorry, but the thing was is that um, what's this kid's name? Dedrick Ward. Yeah, he was messed up on Elijah Moore out of the game, so. I mean, in that aspect, they almost took Elijah Moore out of the game in some aspects. Yeah. So that would have been my only knock. Again, not a negative, but if, if we're nitpicking here, because overall, I think the Jets played a very good game. Um, I wish Elijah Moore was a little bit more involved, especially just because uh, I think he's a chain mover, a difference maker, that you get the ball in his hands, he's going to create. So, again, great passing, great catching from your receivers, but let's talk about the running game. One of the other things that we thought – coming into this season was the strength of the running game. We thought that Brees Hall, Michael Carter, were going to be those. We're going to chew you up for some good yards. Now, this goes back to the same thing. We're nitpicking here because the front four for the Cleveland Browns are no slacks either. They have a pretty freaking solid defense. So Mm -hmm. seven carries for Brees Hall, 50 yards. Seven carries for Michael Carter, 23 yards. So obviously Brees Hall had the better game. But what was your take as far as running the ball altogether? Do you think it was more of a – we have to I, run it to set up the pass, or do you think they were just taking advantage when they were given the opportunities? Well, I think they were having a hard time uh, setting up the run because Michael Carter, although there's only seven rushes, he was on the field a lot more than Brees Hall. 
the yeah. disparity in snaps is it's 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 actually kind of odd because I was I thought it was going to be a little more 50-50, but it seems more like 70-30 right now. Brees Hall I think is the better running back, but Joe Flacco they've let him sling it a lot, and I'm not sure if that's that's the way to go when Zach Wilson comes back because I feel like you want to you know kind of set up the run to then set up the pass. I agree. Well, uh, established the run, I mean, it's set up the pass. But it seems like they're going the opposite way. And, and it's really caught me off guard how often Joe Flacco has slinged the ball. I, I like that. And, I, and I'm sorry for everybody listening. I completely overstepped the fact that Michael Carter did have five catches at the backfield for 27 yards. My bad. So he did more and, than just not run the ball and, efficiently, but he was catching balls at the backfield. And Brees Hall had a reception for a touchdown also. He did. So, he did. So the running backs are, are getting into the passing game. So I guess you're going short passes, West Coast offense kind of replaces the running game. But I thought that they should establish the run a little more. But again, like you said, like against the Browns front four, I mean, it's not the easiest of things either. So we, we again, I, I think mutually we could both agree we both like what the Jets offense did. I think, again, you you were feeling iffy about it, but from a, from an outside perspective and not a diehard Jets fan, I'm able to look at that game, and I think you guys played a great four quarters. Was it perfect at all times? No, but rarely are you going to catch a team that's not listed at the top be perfect for four quarters, and you guys obviously weren't. But ultimately, remember, you were underdogs. You beat them at home. I think that's that's something to sneeze at. I think you guys did yeah, an amazing sure. job. For sure. I, 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 would, I wouldn't say a great four quarters, but um, I, I think that we played well enough to win. And yeah. again – we had a couple misuse. Great per your standards is kind of what I meant, sir. That's, yes, that's okay, okay. Because we were in the red zone at one point, and Jadavian Clowney got a strip sack where we lost the ball. So we had some opportunities, and uh, the Browns, obviously, the defense, it's, it's a good defense. So we it had is. a hard time scoring. But we were definitely moving the ball, which is what you want to see. And like you said, they have a good defense, and you still manage to put up 31 points on them. But one of the things that we, we talked about off-air was – you kind of felt like there was opportunities for players to step up. Now, where did you think that? Because, again, outside perspective, I looked at it, and I think your boy Wilson, he definitely stepped up. Um, for sure. Michael Carter out of the backfield, he was, doing his, he was doing his thing. The defense, they spent a lot of time on the field as well, but ultimately they got you the stops when needed, and you guys won this game. So I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to nitpick a little here, but where do you think that the, what players needed to step up? It's not so much nitpicking. Now, before the season started, we started talking about the offensive line and how yes. I thought it was going to be one of the best in the league. Yes. Now, obviously, after Mekhi Beckton went down with an injury, then you had George Fant that was last year on the left side, moved to the right side, back to the left. He's unhappy about that. He had a rough first game. Yep. Then we had Dwayne Brown, who we signed to replace Mekhi Beckton. He's down with an injury. So we have a rookie starter, Max Mitchell. I think one of the standout players was Max Mitchell. Now, he didn't have... Uh, a crazy, amazing, he's going to be a future Pro Bowl player game. But he held his own for a rookie, for playing a rookie. against Davion Clowney and against Miles Garrett. He had, I thought, one hell of a game. Tyler Conklin had a bad fumble in our side of the field. And Max Mitchell ran a good six, seven yards to recover that fumble. Like, he had a good game. That's an unsung hero. Another one, Brandon Eccles. Sauce Gardner went down for, I want to say, two or three plays while the Browns were in the, their red zone. And as soon as Brandon Eccles came in to, in place of Sauce Gardner when he went out, they targeted him twice in a row. And he held his own. He he deflected one pass in the end zone. He had a good coverage on the next one. So 
I think Brandon Eccles and Max Mitchell are probably the unsung heroes of this game. So the, the, those those ones you feel, and I see you're, it's a little bit of a trend here. In my, in my show, you picked up on uh, Greg Little. So I think you're mm-hmm. on an offensive line trip right here now as far as people who you're excited about. Well, I will tell you, I know I shitted on Joe Flacco quite a bit last week. Yes, you did. And the whole, the whole statue and all that other stuff. But in reality, the Ravens were just – they weren't giving him a chance to breathe. He was yeah. getting the ball out there 59 times, but he had he was under pressure all day. Yes, the he difference was. this game is because the offensive line played so much better. And I wouldn't have expected that playing up against Miles Garrett and, and Jadavion Clowney. But I think we only allowed one sack, and it was just a blown a blown play where Miles Garrett was just unblocked. Other than that, I think Joe Flacco got touched four times. He got hit four times. And other than that, it was a pretty clean pocket. And you can see what Joe Flacco, a veteran quarterback, can do in a clean pocket. And, and that's kind of how I felt about the game. And again, great upon the New York Jets standards. I'm not saying great like a few guys were the Buffalo Bills out there. But I'm saying based off what the Jets have, talent-wise, I think you guys played a great four quarters. But, again, you know that your offensive line, those kind of – if you want to put them in a unit, players that need to improve, obviously your offensive line had a great second game. So who's your who do you kind of want to see improve now heading into week three? Oh, before we get into that, I got a, the special teams. Yeah, Brandon Mann, the punter that I that had that twenty yard punt week one. Man, I wanted that guy off the team. This week, he has that onside kick where, like, I, let me tell you something. Ever since they got rid of that rule where you could overload one side. Yeah, I feel like onside kicks never work. Right, but he, what's he the played, point of them? Right, but he played that perfectly. Greg the leg with the fifty-seven yard field goal, the fake punt, which I got to give Rob Sala all the credit in the world because we, if we punt the ball there, I think this game ends completely differently because yeah. we we had a really rough start to the game, and as soon as that happened, we took the ball all the way down to the other side of the field. So. I give him credit. He made that beautiful pass. At one point, he had more passing yards than Joe Flacco. So, special teams. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Their thing. Greg Zerline, one kick, like you said, 57-yarder, knocked it. You, you shit on him a little bit about missing extra points. Four or four for extra points. Brandon Mann punted the ball four times, 189 yards, and averaged 47.3, and he pinned the Browns inside the 20 twice. So, by all means, my bad that we skipped on special teams. I knew you wanted to touch on it. But, and Brexton Burials was returning the ball really well also. He averaged like 25, 26 yards in the return game. He so did. special teams really did their thing this game. And, and again, it goes back to I think you guys played in all phases. You played four, four great quarters. But let's go back to that one before we even start talking about Cincinnati. But maybe you shitting on a player is kind of what we need. I need you to shit on another player <laughs> that you want to see improve next week because it's, it's obviously going to happen. You shit on Greg Zerline, solid game. You shit on Joe Flacco. Balled out. Who are you shitting on this week? All right. Well, Tyler Conklin, I told you, he's going to be the tight end. Even yeah. though we got CJ Uzama, I told you Tyler Conklin is going to be the guy. And he's been he's been producing. He but has. he's had two huge fumbles two games in a row. And he needs to stir that up because if that's what he's going to do, I'd rather have CJ Uzama just blocking and catching the ball here and there. Well, do me a favor, so, shit on him, shit on him really hard because I have him on my fantasy football team and I play you this week. So <laughs> shit on him a little bit harder. So Tyler Conklin needs to improve. Connor McGovern, the center. Yeah. Twice in this game, he had a penalty on him for being an illegal man down the field. Twice. It's like, dude, you can't be making these mistakes. Connor McGovern, 
is the weakest point by far of that offensive line. He needs to improve. And then the coaching staff. In the fourth quarter, we have Brees Hall and we have Michael Carter. Why in the F is Ty Johnson getting into the game? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Now, I will tell you, Ty Johnson might have won the game for us because he had a drop, which stopped the clock. Yep. Which ended up working in our favor. Yeah. But Ty I'm Johnson. I'm pretty sure it wasn't on purpose, but yes, I, I see where you're going with it. But but Ty Johnson cannot be in this game instead of Brees Hall and Michael Carter. One, if they're both healthy. And two, if it's the fourth quarter, why is he on the field? He led the team in drops last year. It made no sense to me why he's on the field. So those are my my uh, players my that you're negatives. shitting on this week. Yes, yes. yes I, was, I like it, and that. I think that should be, I think that should be the running one. Who are you shitting on this week? And we'll put a little poop emoji <laughs> on it. I, I think we can make it work. But again, for the most part, I know that we recorded late, so I appreciate you uh, working with my schedule to get this show in. But let's start previewing Cincinnati. One of the things you told me earlier this week, before all the craziness happened, is. You asked me a question. You said, would you prefer – oh, this was, this was on Monday night before the Bills game. Yeah, before the Bills game. I remember you, now. You texted me and you said, would you prefer to play a Bills team that lost or would you prefer to beat a team that that won? And the reason for that was because you feel like if the Bills would have lost, they would have been even more pissed off and could have potentially taken it out on us. Right. But the, what I answered you, and it has nothing to do with what I'm going into, it kind of does, is I prefer to play a team that won because – I want them at their best. And I don't think they're going to sleep on a division rival because they know the Dolphins are playing good football, right? So that's I, stupid. I get it. I'll play against all I the want. backups. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all the backups. I don't care. So you said, and I quote here, you said, no, hell no. Give me a team that won, and they're going to be much more docile. They're like, we're 2-0. and We're feeling ourselves. But the Cincinnati Bengals, if there was a time that they're up, dude, that Joe Burrow's, Scheduled to get sacked 111 times this year. It's ridiculous. How 13 much- times through two games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I thought Ryan Tannehill had a bad offensive line when he was in Miami. But this Bengals offensive line is horrendous. So, Danny. And they have, have to- they picked up three offensive linemen in the offseason. And Ly- uh, Lionel Collins from the Dallas Cowboys said, yo, I'm yep. your new bodyguard. Nobody's going to touch you. Exactly. Uh, sir, <laughs> sir, everyone is touching Joe Burrow. Oh, we just lost your sound. I don't know if you just went on mute or what. Nope, I cannot hear you. But while he tries to fix his audio issues, um, Joe Burrow has been getting absolutely demolished the first two games. And to his point, because the Bengals are 2-0, I am very fearful of them playing against the Jets because the defending AFC champions – coming out and losing the first two games of the year is not the way they expected. And it wasn't like they got rocked the first two games. They lost two very close games. They lost by two field goals, one in OT against the Steelers and then against the, the Cowboys. Oh, I got Mike, check. Mike, check. Mike, check. I think it's coming off your headphone, but sure. Okay. It's something. So, um, so that is why I would have felt a lot better if the Bengals would have beaten the Cowboys last week. But coming in at 0-2, oh, man, I I did not want to see an angry Bengals team. You already had Joe Burrow come with his Aaron Rodgers quote, relax, it's only two games. And I could already see them playing that back a week or two from now. 
oh, you know, remember when he said relax? Oh, well, now they've won three in a row. Like, it's, I, I really dislike that they're 0-2 going into this game. And your mic is still not working. So I'm going to keep going. No, so it's working. It's working. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, listen, there was a button here on the, and I hit it by mistake. But you have to be kind of licking your chops at the fact that this offensive line is giving up so many sacks. And like we said at the beginning of this episode, one of your strengths is the front four. You kind of have to be licking your chops, regardless of them being 0 2 or not. I told you in the beginning of the season that I felt like this defensive line could be one of the top five defensive lines in the league. Like, I'm not yes. talking AFC East. I'm not talking AFC. I'm talking about saying? in the league. That's yeah. what I said. That's what I thought. If they are going to be that, they have to prove it. Like, this defensive line needs to win this game on Sunday. Yeah. Because if an offensive line that's performed so poorly, and by the way, that guy, that I forgot his name, that they picked up from the Cowboys, I think he's injured. I think they're going to be playing with their third string offensive tackle. If we cannot get to Joe Burrow and completely demolish him, then I was completely wrong about this defensive line. So you're already – are you about to shit on the – if they don't make – if they don't sack no, Joe it, Burrow look, at least five it, times, you're, you're dumping on him as well. No, not five times, but we have to pressure him. I'm assuming that the Bengals are going to recognize two weeks in, like, okay, so we our offensive line sucks. So now screenplays, which the Jets can't defend for their lives. So quick, they're going to get the ball out quick. Like they're going to, when you're an NFL team and you have a bad offensive line, there's ways to work around that. So I don't expect the Jets to have the success that the Steelers with TJ Watt and the Cowboys with Mika Parsons had against Joe Burrow. Yeah. But I do expect them to get to him a couple of times. You have to. I, I kind of, I kind of get where you're going. And like you said, it's, it's a Cincinnati Bengals and it's a New York Jets. And what I mean by that is obviously anybody outside of us, right, the 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 fans of our teams will be like, maybe the Bengals aren't who they were. Maybe, like, people are figuring out Joe Burrow. Maybe people are figuring that the way to beat them is send as much pressure at that offensive line because they can't keep up. And maybe that's the, that's the reason they're 0-2 right now. But Joe Burrow hasn't looked great. He's thrown for 537, four interceptions this season. Your boy Joe Flacco has thrown for five touchdowns and one interception. Granted, four of those touchdowns came last week. But if you're going based off of positives coming into this game, the Jets have all the positives. Uh, the matchup predicted by ESPN predicts you guys at, <laughs> sorry, 22% favorites to win this game, but you're only a six-point underdog at home. Now, I know we're not picking yet, but I got to be honest with you. I, I think that should be more 60-40 than 77-22 just because we've all seen – the, the weaknesses the Bengals are showing. Yeah, Jamar Chase, he's a game changer, no doubt, right? But if Joe Burrow's constantly on his ass, he can't get the ball to Jamar Chase. Correct, and he can't get the ball down deep because he doesn't have enough time to get down there. Right, so it's like, again, if you're ready to pick it, I'm ready to pick it as well. Well, I, I, before you get to picking, yeah, I think we have the benefit that over the first two weeks, we've now seen that DJ Reed is one, one hell of a pickup for the Jets. Yes, he is. He, one of the top, as far as grades go, one of the top cornerbacks in the league right now. Sauce Gardner had. We both love Sauce Gardner, by the way. We're right, calling him, his, even though we weren't his, allowed to call him Sauce, he, he deserves to right. be called Sauce. His second week wasn't as good as his first week against Mark yeah. Andrews and whenever he got targeted. He, you know, but And he also gave up his first touchdown this week, even though I think it got credited to you one wanted of the safeties. That, but you wanted that, right. though. Yeah, yeah, I want that to get out of the way. But I don't, yeah, I don't even think it was 
they gave him credit for for that touchdown. Honestly, I think they gave it to the safety. I don't know if it was Demarcus Joyner or Jordan Whitehead, but um, but it was a miscommunication for Amari Cooper. Long story short, I think that our defensive backs can hang with Jamar Chase and I forgot their other receiver's name. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I think they can hang with him. So if we can get the pressure that I think we should be able to produce with the defensive line that I thought would be dominant, I think we have a chance to contain them. Now, what our offense is going to look like against their defense, because they have a good defense, I don't know. Garrett Wilson is going to get, obviously, probably double team, maybe a little more than he has the first two weeks, just a tad bit. So uh, what kills me is that is that the Bengals need to win this game. Who needs to win this game more? Who do you think? If I ask you, who needs to win this game more, the Jets or the Bengals? For sure, be coming off of a Super Bowl berth, it's definitely the Bengals. And I get that. But again, I think a lot of times, and I know we're talking about a player that doesn't really matter to either of these teams, but one of the biggest things that we always talked about was Lamar Jackson, right? Eventually, mm-hmm. people are going to figure out ways to beat them. Maybe yeah. the pe- again, people maybe have figured out the way to beat the, the Cincinnati Bengals. They won an amazing run last year, but it could also it could have also been a fluke. I'm not saying that it was. I'm saying, but it could have been. So maybe that's zero and two start is what they are who they who we thought they were. It's kind of you know I'm I'm getting my my inner Danny Green on here, R.I.P. Um, I think the Bengals aren't all that maybe. Maybe they have a talented quarterback and a talented wide receiver, but outside of that. There's really not much else. Oh, I'm sorry. And Joe Mixon, he's a baller. Joe Mixon is a baller. I apologize. He is a baller. But having three studs on, on an offensive line that can't protect you, and I'm sorry. We, we've we all known if you don't have a good O-line, your quarterback's not getting anywhere. So I think you guys are ripe for this game. Regardless of who, who needs it more, you guys are coming off a bigger high than they obviously are. The Jets haven't won two games in September since 2015. Yep. Since 2015, they haven't been able to muster two wins in September. It's just, I feel like, let, let, go ahead, let's pick the game. I right, feel, let's pick this game. I feel like the Jets have a chance. I feel like if they can protect Joe Flacco, he can put up numbers like he has, right? 300 yards, go ahead, all day. But I just feel like Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow is the guy that I thought he was, he will find a way to win this game. And I unfortunately predict, I, I think the Bengals are going to win this game. I think they'll win 24-20. I, I, I don't see the Jets winning this game, as much as it pains me to say that. All right. Well, I want to pick the game now. So I'm just going to say, based off of two-week performance, right, the Bengals are averaging 18 points a game. The New York Jets are averaging 20. The New York Jets are allowing 27. You guys are – the Bengals are allowing 21. What is that – say to me when I just look at the numbers is you guys obviously have the potential of putting up yards when you need to, especially with Joe Flacco getting more comfortable, your rookie wide receiver getting more comfortable. I don't, I don't trust that six point spread that's going towards the Bengals. I don't, um, I don't trust the Bengals cause you gotta, it's, it's more of what have you done for me lately? Right. And the Bengals haven't shown you lately besides the fact that they can't protect their quarterback. And by the way, quick shout out to Joe Burrow, for coming out and be like, isn't this what football is? You got to get hit sometimes. I get it. He's not going to throw his offensive line under under the bus. But my guy, you better be having some sidebar <laughs> questions. Like, look, by the way, I just said that to protect you, motherfuckers. But you you can't be doing this shit. I can't win you games if you won't protect me. But coming into this game, Danny, I, I'm 0-2 picking Jets games so far. Mm-hmm. 
I want to get this right because I'm 2 0 picking my games. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say the Jets win this game. So I'm going to say the Jets are going to win this game. I think that your defense does get after, they have enough tape to know. We know what their weakness is. Let's get after Joe Burrow. If he even thinks about passing that ball, we want to have eight people in his face. I think you have the corners to be able to contain their wide receivers and give your linebackers and defensive line time to get in his face. So I see it going 20 to the Jets, 18-17 towards the Bengals, and you guys win this game at home. You know how you said that I like to shit on people on this show? Yeah. I will shit on Carl Lawson next week if he doesn't have at least one sack. Oh yeah, because that is your boy. That, that is he, your boy. he was the big. He's the 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 pass rusher. He got the big contract a year ago. He missed all of last year. If you're playing against what seems to be the worst offensive line in the league, show Not us that you're worth that money. Since last year, Joe Burrow's been getting his ass slapped. And granted, he won games for them last year, but they still are in the same track. They still look terrible. Carl Lawson needs to get at least one sack. He needs, or at least some hits. If if look if. Joe Burrow can get the ball out, and he just can't get there in time. At least get close. Yeah. But Carl Lawson, to me, he was invisible against the Browns. I want to see CJ Mosley. I, I want to see CJ Mosley just like pounce on Joe Burrow over and over again. By the way, we like play, that also. We, we play them next week. So as much damage as you could do to the Cincinnati Bengals would be great because I play them four days later. But like I said, I think the Jets pull it off. Give me 20 points to the Jets. Give me 17 points to the Bengals because they're averaging around 18. So I'm going to say 17 points again. They don't put up a lot of points on you guys. So Joe Flacco. Yeah. Right? The Bengals defense only got one sack against the Cowboys last week, and I think it was like five QB hits. Yeah. So they didn't necessarily produce a lot of pressure. Now, obviously, the Cowboys' offensive line is a good offensive line. Yes. But the offensive line for the Cowboys got absolutely destroyed by the Buccaneers week one. So I'm not really sure if the Cowboys offensive line is good or bad. But I do think there's a chance that the Jets offensive line can stand up to them. So if Joe Flacco has a pocket, he can produce. So let's say he has a good game. Let's say he has another 300-yard game. Let's say he throws for two two or three touchdowns. Let's say they win the game like you said. What now? Are you Do you go with the hot hand? Are you asking this question? Are you asking yes. this question right here? That's exactly what I'm asking. Do you go with the hot hand or do you bring Zach back? I Look, once they announced that Zach was out for, what was it, four to six weeks or whatnot, I told you, I think he'll be back for the Miami game. Now, I originally said that because week four is against the Steelers, and at that point when I said that, TJ Watt was injured, and yep. I thought that it would be a bad idea to bring an injured Zach Wilson back to run away from TJ Watt. TJ Watt's no longer there. So maybe they're considering bringing him back for the Steelers. But if Joe Flacco performs well, do you bring Zach Wilson back, even though Joe Flacco's riding a two-game winning streak? You, you want me to answer that question first? Yes, sir. I'm posing that question to you. I think you have to go with Zach Wilson because you want to know why? You mm-hmm. drafted him to be your franchise quarterback, and you had Joe Flacco there as a security blanket. So yep. as a backup security blanket, your job is to be able to come in and play good football. He's playing good football. So if he has another solid game, let's say he has let's say he has another great game of throwing four touchdowns. We, you call two or three. Let's give him an, an additional one. I don't think he will, but let's say he does. You're basically put taking less pressure off of Zach Wilson. Look, buddy, I got you in a good position. We won some games. 
Because what you don't want to do is that once you give the job back to Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson goes out there and has terrible couple of games, and now you're benching well, him to that, go back well, to Joe Flacco. Well, you can't bench him at that point because that's what I was going to say. You're saying that you're taking the pressure off of him. I think having Joe Flacco go out, win another game, and have a good statistical game, yeah. I think that puts a lot more pressure on Zach Wilson because if they win two in a row and then Zach Wilson comes back and he shits the bed and they lose, yeah. and then they lose again against Miami the week after, and yeah. now it's a two-game losing streak, I know this fan base. Correct me if I already I'm wrong. Have dumbass, I already have dumbasses saying that they want Joe Flacco for the whole season. Correct me if I'm wrong here, and and you could pose this question to how how many years experience does Joe Flacco have? He he's won a Super Bowl before, right? Yep. Oh, okay, so he's been he's been a Super Bowl MVP before, right? So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he knows how to play football. But at the end of the day, sure. you drafted Zach Wilson to be your franchise quarterback. The only way you're going to know if he is a franchise quarterback or not is by giving him his his starting position back. You have listen. Last year wasn't enough of a sample size for you to be able to make that determination. I know from firsthand, people are quick to say your guy doesn't have it. Zach Wilson has arm talent. I don't want to put it up there on the on the, on the level of Josh Allen, but I, I see the arm talent like Josh Allen. And okay, I think you my, have my, to start him. My question is is more towards not for the whole season, because I think any logical Jet fan knows that Zach Wilson needs to play the majority of the season. I'm yeah. talking specifically about the Steelers game. If Joe Flacco oh, no. wins against so the Bengals. And, 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 and then Zach Wilson is 100% healthy, 100% cleared. Do you bring Zach back for the Steelers, or do you let Joe try to ride this out? That That's on me. I apologize. I thought you meant for the rest of the season. If you're no, no, just no. saying, no, I first sh- remember when we talked about it, you said, oh, I think they want to bring him back week one. I said, hell no. Give him a no few weeks to- right, give him a few weeks to rest. If you were already planning on bringing him back week four, Potentially, week five would have been the better the better option at home because I believe it is at home the first game. Yeah, against the Dolphins, yeah. Right. I, I would wait till that week to bring him back. I think next week, regardless of what he says, give him another week to rest up because you're not losing out on anything by having Joe Flacco, again, on the points I just touched, he's a, Super Bowl, he's a previous Super Bowl MVP. He knows what he's doing. He knows where to put the ball. He's going to put you in the best position right now, and you don't have to be like, hey, Zach, you seem 100% potentially put him out there, and then he tears his ACL. So for I'm sorry, I, I heard the question wrong, but no, for sure I start Joe Flacco next week, regardless regardless if it's a win or a loss. Well, no, I I, I think I would – I've always thought that he would play against the Steelers and Zach would yeah. come back from Miami. But yeah. if Joe loses against the Bengals and Zach is healthy 100%, I'd put Zach in. For, what, if it's not, what if it's not Joe Flacco that loses the game? What if Joe Flacco does have a decent game? Let's give him the two touchdowns, right? 270 yards takes care of the ball, no turnovers, but you guys still end up losing this game. Do you still pull Joe Flacco even though he had a good yes. game for you? Yes, I still pull him. If, if if Zach is healthy, yes. The only way I keep him in is if Joe Flacco uh, plays well and they win. Because I feel like when you're riding a two-game winning streak, you almost feel like, okay, we got a mojo going. Okay. So I would bring him back, and I would leave Zach out one more week. Let him debut at home. The, the issue I find with that, though, Let's say hypothetical. I was about to say it. I was going to say the Steelers. It, say it. Yeah. We play the Steelers. Again, Joe Flacco plays well behind the solid offensive line. We win. We're 3-1, and one, and we're tied for the lead in the AFC East, let's say. Man, that is going to be a very hard decision to make. Because at that point, I'm still like, well, we still need Zach. 
But, but I like we're winning. First, we're in the first in the AFC East right now. Like, but I no. But all jokes aside, I need Zach Wilson back. Even if we're three and one and Joe Flacco's played amazing, I want to see Zach Wilson out there. Because in my th- mind, if Joe Flacco can produce with this team, Zach Wilson should be able to also produce with this team. I, I agree with you. Um, but at the end of the day, we got. 45 seconds here coming up. I need to see Zach Wilson. I need to see him, whether it's a win or a loss, whether he balls out or not. I need to see Zach Wilson. Like, But I'm saying it more because I need to see what you guys have in Zach Wilson. But I also agree with your point. Regardless of what comes this week against the Bengals, give Zach Wilson's knee, leg, whatever, another week to heal up. Because guess what? What were you basically playing for this season anyways, right? Exactly, so, exactly. You need to see what you have in your quarterback. I say play him. Danny, you got the last 15 seconds. Joe Flacco is going to come out. He's going to ball out, and we're somehow going to lose anyway, and I want to see Zach Wilson in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Catch you guys next week.